Hello, hello, hello. Hello and welcome to TIB, the Immigrant Bag Podcast. I'm your host, Modupe Ogunyemi. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the place where we talk about tips and insights to help immigrants secure the bag. As always, we start with a disclaimer. This is not financial advice, and I am not a financial advisor. Everything we say on this show is for education and entertainment only. Please note that investing comes with risks, so please do your own due diligence or consult a financial advisor before making any investment decision. Okay, let's get right into it. If you're a football fan like me, or soccer as it is called in North America, you would know that the FIFA World Cup 2022 kicked off last week in Qatar. It's been an amazing tournament so far, and there's been quite a few football upsets, quite a few football underdogs have upset bigger teams, and it's been quite entertaining to watch. I personally am supporting many teams at this World Cup, but so far, not many of them have managed to win a game yet. So, yeah, I might need to reevaluate my support strategy. (laughs) But this week, in the spirit of the ongoing World Cup, I thought it would be a great idea to examine the economics of football and how much money is involved in a global tournament like the World Cup. The FIFA World Cup is not only one of the biggest tournaments in sports, it also boasts of one of the biggest prize pots. The total prize money for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar is $440 million. And that is an increase of $40 million from the last World Cup in 2018. France won the 2018 World Cup, and I have to say, they are off to a great start in this one, thanks to some absolutely beautiful performances from Kylian Mbappe. So yeah, watch out for them. But in 2018, France won the World Cup and took home the prize money of $35 million. Croatia, who were the runners-up, got a nice and tidy sum of $25 million. And these are US dollars that we are talking about, okay? (laughs) And that's not all. Even the teams that were knocked out in the group stages of the 2018 World Cup, which included the likes of Serbia, Germany, and Australia, were given $8 million as consolation, okay? And as you can see, That's a lot of money involved with the World Cup. And while the focus for most teams, of course, is usually on lifting the World Cup trophy and representing their nations, you know, as a matter of honor and pride, there's also a very tangible benefit for achieving success on the pitch at the tournament, a monetary benefit. And I think that's a good thing, actually, because the prize money can be especially beneficial for smaller nations, you know, to help them improve football infrastructure and development in their respective countries. So whichever way you look at it, football has become a really big money spinner. 
And FIFA hasn't held back when it comes to prize money for World Cups, especially in recent years. And 2022 is no different. There are record-breaking sums up for grabs in Qatar this year. The total money that FIFA has allocated as prize money for the 2022 World Cup is a whopping $440 million. I think I've said that before, right? It's USD. Again, just so you know, $440 million US dollars, okay? And that's an increase of $40 million compared to the 2018 tournament. While the prize money in 2014 was actually $358 million, okay? So you can see that the prize money has been growing steadily over the years. Now, you may be wondering that where is FIFA getting this money from? No, they are not just Santa Claus, okay? <laughs> and I know it's close to Christmas, but they are not Santa Claus. FIFA's projected revenue for this year, 2022, is in the region of $4.6 billion. Now, $2.6 billion out of that is income from football broadcasting rights. You see what I mean when I say football has become a huge money spinner? Anyway, FIFA confirmed in April 2022 that the winners of the World Cup in Qatar will receive a record $42 million in prize money. That continues a trend that has seen winners' pay packets increase massively over the past 40 years. Before 2006, World Cup winning teams never got more than $10 million in prize money. As a matter of fact, when Italy won the World Cup in 1982, they walked away with an estimated $2.2 million. Now compare that to the $42 million that this year's winners in Qatar will be getting. You can see how much football revenue has grown. In 2002, there was a big push from national teams for FIFA to increase the prize money. And growing World Cup revenues since then have ensured that more money has trickled down to the participating countries ever since. So with so much prize money on offer, every side will walk away from Qatar significantly richer than they went into it. Simply qualifying for the 2022 World Cup earns each team a 1.5 million participation fee. But once the tournament begins, the sides stand to make even much larger sums by progressing through the knockout stages. Now, based on the prize money breakdown revealed by FIFA, reaching the semifinals in Qatar will see teams earn more than the 2006 World Cup winners actually won as the prize money. So let's do a quick run through, okay? For getting to the group stage, in Qatar, teams will earn a total of $9 million prize money. Teams that get to the round of 16 will earn $13 million. Teams that get to the quarterfinals will earn $17 million. Now, the team that makes it to the fourth place will earn $25 million. The team that places third at the competition will earn $27 million, while the runner-up, um, will earn $30 million. The winner, like I said earlier, will earn $42 million. And that's not all. As the key part of any successful team, 
the individual players also benefit from featuring at the World Cup. They benefit financially. Okay, so while base salaries may differ between national teams and for different players, they do get a share of whatever prize money their teams walk away with. While FIFA allows each team to decide what share the players receive, a country like Germany in the past had promised to give each of their players almost $400,000 as bonus if they lifted the title on home soil in 2006 when they hosted the World Cup. That gives you an idea of what each individual player can potentially earn from participating at the World Cup. It was reported this year that Australia will pay each of its players 226,000 Australian dollars and an extra $290,000 if they reach the knockout stages in Qatar. Now, other nations may offer more or less than that to their own players, depending on each federation's financial situation and all of that. But all this to say that football is a great way to secure the bag. And so it might be worth researching if it's something you have a passion for. You see, it's not all about the stock markets. <laughs> There's money to be made elsewhere and that there are bags to be secured elsewhere as well. It might be worth researching, like I said, if you have a passion for it. On that note, we move to our show and tell for today. And in keeping with the theme of football, our show and tell for today is Farah Williams. For those who don't know her, Farah Williams is England's most capped football player of all time, both male and female. She's the most capped football player of all time in England. And given that England is such a huge footballing nation, I personally think that that in of itself is a massive, massive achievement. Okay. Now, Farah began her club career with Chelsea before moving on to Charlton Athletic. She then embarked on an eight-year stint with Everton, which saw her winning the FA Cup title in 2010. She also played for Liverpool, winning the Women's Super League titles with them in 2013 and 2014. She moved on to Arsenal and won another FA Cup with them in 2016, before joining Reading in 2017. However, Her story was not always smooth sailing. She grappled with some family issues when she was much younger that actually made her homeless for quite a few years. So at the time she was trying to kickstart her football career and make sense of it, she didn't actually have a home to go to. Imagine being homeless as a teenager. Imagine how emotionally, mentally, financially, physically, draining that must have been for her okay she slept in shelters for several years but still managed to overcome that to build an illustrious illustrious football career for herself one that has seen her represent england at the olympics among other tournaments farah williams is yet another example of how your current situation is not a determinant of your future situation or your future life. 
and that there is nothing, no situation you cannot overcome with determination and resilience. Farah Williams, ladies and gentlemen, is our show and tell for today. Look up her story on the internet and be inspired. Okay, on that note, we have come to the end of today's edition of TIB, the Immigrant Bag Podcast. Until next week, when we bring another exciting episode your way again, this is Modupe saying keep your friends close, keep your money closer, and keep your family closer.